Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Casual Master Quest, episode 103 coming your way. I'm going to be your host today, two times Tyler, Tyler Vinito. But we got two awesome people, the usual cast, uh, Glenn. Glenn, you here, baby. How you doing? Doing good. Thanks for asking. Honestly? Oh, yeah. That's what. That's all I could. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's like watching the Kool-Aid man go through the wall, but it's at, like, half the speed. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Glenn, that was timing of the yawn. It sounded like a yawn. I'm very empathetic. <laughs> and, uh, of course, we got uh, Nick Hill, Jody Mella. How you doing, boss? Oh, you can try was this that, as was much there a as you person? want. So... Nick here has been freaking out because I keep calling him uh, Nickel. Yeah, by my legal name. I don't know who does IRL names on the internet. It's weird. Um, oh, uh, uh, LRD11th, uh, everybody. Watch out. Nick, uh, Nick's alter ego persona. The uh, the edgy lord of the night that plays uh, games made purely out of sweat. I, I go <laughs> by so many names as LR. People call me 11 now because when you see my name in Twitch chat, the 11 stands out. So a lot of people call me 11 now. Nick, Nick Hill, Nikki, Chody, yeah. So, like, Daddy? Ooh-woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I uh, got Glenn's attention really quickly. Uh, I'll have to remember that one for a later question. Uh, Glenn, how's your week been, man? I, uh, you sound like a tired boy. I am very sleepy. Uh, it's been good. Found a, you know, a new game. It's been hot in LA, but it's been a good week. Um, yeah, just yesterday I got to actually do, like, a a real meetup with physical people. Um, what? Yeah. That's possible? Yeah. It was good. Did you go into a phone booth and uh, pull yourself out of the matrix so you can see real people? That's, yeah. That's, basically. Is that why you <laughs> shaved your head? Or why? Uh, never mind. You know, that, that, that was even lower. Like, I went straight for the Achilles heel on that one. I'm sorry. I made a uh, matrix reference that was joking at you being bald. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I'm not bald. I'm just very thinning hair. You're but just I've hairless. Just super embraced it. But I did cut it all off because I was just, it was just getting too long and it, I don't know. It's hard to keep up and it doesn't look good. So it's just like, whatever. Cut it off. I don't care. So, <laughs> do it. You won't. Yeah. Barbara's like, sir, you're paying me. Do it. No, we just literally. <laughs> Actually, we have a like a clip. We have clippers, and they stopped working mid haircut. So I had to I use my facial trimmers to cut the rest of my hair off. <laughs> That's happened several times with Ugh. when I'm using like them to trim my beard. Not recently, because except for like as you can see now, for those of you are listening, I recently uh, took the facial trimmers to my face and got rid of my beard but uh before in the past when i'd done that you just see me with half a beard because i have to wait for the rest of it to charge that's awesome <laughs> that's that's wild honestly uh i uh i used to use the electric razor and all that stuff uh up until like let's say like five six years ago uh I, I hate electric razors. Uh, occasionally, I'll take hair clippers if I decide to, you know, turn this uh, weed garden into a fucking jungle that is my cheeks. And uh, I'll take, a, you know, clippers just to, like, do most of the job, and then I'll finish it off with a nice uh, five-blade razor. And uh, apparently, people say that, you know, the more blades, the smoother the shave and all that stuff. But honestly, I've seen some good three-blade razors, and I think it's just a, a commercial gimmick at that point. Like... 
Not to say that we're sponsored by anybody, but Harry's Razors, uh, you know, the closest shave you can get without, you know, removing the entire epidermal system. Uh, it, it's very nice. And, uh, yeah. Bro, you don't I, even use Gillette? Oh, shh. Gillette is the best I'm sorry, you get. I, For the last I'm sorry, 10 I years, don't want to give half my fucking salary. I've used a non-branded thing that my dad, not more, it's more than 10 years. My dad got it when I was in high school, gave it to me. And it still works. Like he used credit card rewards points to trade in for it. It doesn't have a brand name, and it's been working for that long for me. Nice, like fifteen nice. years. Uh, it's amazing. I know Brandon uses, uh, or at least he did it. I'm not sure if he still does. Uh, he used a, uh, I don't remember what they're called. It's something a, let's say a uh, construction worker. You know, basically the thing that you'd use to slide a blade out to cut a cardboard box. A box cutter. Box cutter, thank you. I know I know that sounds silly that I didn't know the term, but uh, he used a, uh, a a razor blade that used uh, box cutter blades, and so box cutter blades are just super super cheap. Brave man, and right so, there. So yes, he is. Very uh, and he would just them. you know just slap it in and slide it down, and uh, you know pray to God he just got the hair, and it worked. It was cheap. I mean, Brandon's also the kind of guy that. Uh, you know, wanted to save money, so he bought pallets instead of a box spring kind of person. So, I mean, it works, mostly, question mark. Uh, but yeah, uh... Right, I think for, so, for us, Gillette is just so ingrained, because my dad gave me my first razor, and I was Gillette. And I still have the same thing, it's just I have to keep changing out the heads. And before I left home in 2014, 2014, I bought, like, a bunch of razors, you know, replacement heads, uh, cartridges. Um, yeah. I haven't gotten through them because I just stopped shaving, <laughs> so they're just still Big sitting there. Big brain right there. Um, because I hate shaving. Shaving so tedious. That's why I pay people to do it, because they can do it better than I would, especially when it comes to shaping. Um, and also, as a college right. student, nobody cares how unruly I look unless I'm looking like applying for a job or whatever. So it's like, you know, I can show up in... Like, people do. People, like, when you hear the thing about people showing up in pajamas, like, they do. Because, like, nobody cares. Right. Uh, I actually got... Uh an awkward moment i believe with the barber a couple of years ago i've probably gone to a barber like maybe three four times in my life uh mostly because my grandma did my hair up until like she still does like uh she's probably upset because she probably seen a picture of me with like hair that's over like a quarter inch going you let me let me do your haircut kind of situation uh and uh i asked them because my aunt at one point had told me Tyler, you're growing out your beard. It looks great. You should consider uh, doing some, uh, you know, scaping with it and all that stuff. You try to, you know, flesh it out. And so I asked my barber. I was like, "Hey, uh, can you do some uh, manscaping with my, you know, with my hair?" And uh, apparently, manscaping is more focused on a different region of hair. Yep. And so when my female barber uh, got asked that question, she looked at me and. I think, thank God, she realized that she, that she realized I had no idea what the fuck I was I think, talking about. I think it would have been scarier if she like pulled up her sleeves, spit in her hands, rubbed them, was like, "All right, well," and then like pulls the lever, and then you're just like <laughs> go all the way down, and your flash like fully horizontal, like all drop them down, <laughs> and straps you in, and then it goes even more like goes at an angle, so she gets better, like better, what like the? you know, you that really would have been funny. Out, Nick. That would have been funny. Uh, that would have been funny uh, over at your local smart clips, uh, you know, <laughs> attached to a Walmart. Uh, it's a button and the windows get blacked out. You're like, well, okay, that's going to be $150, but we'll do you good. Uh -huh. You guys ever mess with uh, Nair? 
No, 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 not even, not even, mm, 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 mm. Glenn, have, do you know, you know what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Hot stuff. You put it on your body and rip it off there. Yeah. Uh, I think I tried using it like shampoo once. Uh, you just, you know, put it on top of your head and rub it in. Uh, not a good idea, by the way. Don't do that. That's the, that's the quickest way to a chemical burn. Yeah, it's the quickest way of looking like you uh, hit first wave of chemotherapy, too, as it turns out. Because that stuff does not do an even job, uh, unless you're really, really perfect on application. Uh, it was a very poor decision. Uh, thankfully, I had enough common sense to uh, shave the rest off. But yeah, that's one way to... Uh, I mean, I think turtle wax is more safer for your skin at that point. Just, you know, take, take a fucking buffer to your head at that point. Just like, goddamn. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Glenn... Yeah, been keeping up with uh with your uh, new guilds over at uh, World of Warcraft. I heard. Yeah, that was the that was the meeting. Actually, is getting to meet up with them for uh, the first time. Um, oh, okay, that's my bad. That's my bad. The, yeah, Nick, Nick, you got to meet up with a bunch of people to do uh, a wild new project that is very very topical in this day and age. Yes, um, I forgot to ask. I, I guess we could do that retroactively now. Is it okay that I talk about this? Yes, you may plug in your uh, your new show. Okay. If, if that's as co-owner of Casual Master Quest, you do have that right to. I say forgot something. that I wanted to clear it. Okay. Anyways, um, should we vote? Do you want to vote? All in favor, say aye. Well, you can't vote in your own thing. Jeez, it's like saying you know, who wants to be president, <laughs> and you write your own name down. Uh, I also. Uh, okay. You know the presidents do vote for themselves, right? Oh, I'm sure they do. Um. So no opposed. Yeah, that's good. No, po- yeah, yeah. Unanimously, you are permitted to speak on your own show about stuff that you do. Okay. Um, so every Friday um, at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, I am on a project, a new discussion panel podcast thing called Bars, Becoming an Anti-Racist Society, hosted right now on She Snaps is channel on twitch.tv forward slash she snaps uh so the the goal of the show is the like given everything that's going on right now it's it's even more imperative that we look at the educational side of things and how to like breach these uncomfortable difficult conversations with people and so we it's not enough for us to you're it's not it's not just that you're racist or not racist uh you're either racist or anti-racist no matter how many people, whether it's one pe- one person or like hundreds of people, like in your life, you're actively fighting against um, prejudice and discrimination based purely on race. Um, be it having a difficult conversation with your friend who you game with, who you've been gaming with for the last eight years, and you've just never called him out on him saying things that are just not okay. Like it has to start somewhere, and like we all have to make some of those efforts because. It's nobody's fault that you're born with different colored skin and all of a sudden you're hated. Right. I mean, th- there there's fault to be placed, but it's also like very much ingrained in a lot of um, society. It's 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 a whole bunch of systemic issues and societal issues. Like a lot of this is so just deeply ingrained. And so that's kind of what the project is. Like our first episode kicked off just yesterday, uh, like this past week and this past Friday, where... Um, 
it's uh, six of us and we're just kind of like getting to know each other like getting to know the group dynamic but it started off with a discussion on what white fragility looks like and what tokenization is and what uh, performative uh, allyship means and what it means to be an ally and like right now the conversation is focused around the uh, what's happening in the states and worldwide um, and so it's just going to be very difficult conversations both for us to have and also for people to listen to because these are going to be conversations where you're going to be faced with a lot of your own prejudices that you might not know you had or held and you're going to be learning a lot of things on what it actually feels like for people and what you asking black people what can I do to help might actually feel like to them right because these are not things that it's not we we can't always put each other in other people's shoes and now all of a sudden we're dealing with this issue that's forced all of us out of our own little bubbles of what our world is and what our world should be and what we're expecting things to be like and where like a lot of people are being faced with the harsh reality of what's going on not just in the states despite that being the main focus but just worldwide like none of this is right we're all just people trying to exist so like it's really focused on educating but leading with compassion and understanding because nothing's going to come of us just yelling at you but you're going to also hear a lot of conversations where they're more um, they're more vents and rants because people are just tired. People are just tired of seeing their own people being treated right and being killed. So that's kind of like what we're trying to do. And we have, I think, a, um, a good mix of people from like, so there's six of us. I'm the only one who's not native to North America in the sense that I didn't grow up here. I wasn't born here. Um, but I'm still able to bring in some input from things that I've seen in India and my part of the world. Um, Snaps right. is, um, I believe, uh, half Mexican and half German, I believe, uh, at least by her, uh, biological parents. And, uh, Bossy, who's also on the show, uh, they're, um, part Indian and part Mexican. And then we've got, uh, Majintaj, Rek, and Sunny, who are all black. So, like, for them right now, this is very topical. Um, with, especially with right. what's happening. So that's, that's what, that's what I'm doing every, every week. Oh, uh, yeah. And until... you said, uh, on, uh, every Friday, 10 p.m. EST? Yes. 10 uh, p.m. Eastern, um, on Snaps' channel. So she snaps. Yes. So we'll make weird. sure to, uh, get that. We got a little confused yeah, because what? she kept like, oh, Mountain Standard Time, Mountain Standard Time. And I'm like sitting here doing math because Mountain Standard Time is basically Arizona. And because they don't follow yeah. daylight savings. Mountain Standard Time is still like right now. The time in Arizona is the same as time in uh, Pacific Time. And doesn't help that months, you know, Mountain Standard Time is like this mythical time zone that's used by like maybe two percent of all the people that we have ever talked right, with. Right. And it's such a bizarre thing that she now has to focus. You know, she she flat out says like I I can't, I can't say Mountain Standard Time. I got to say it in Eastern or Pacific. You know, right, it's like right. one or the other. Like it's just Mountain also- Standard Time in Central is weird. Yeah, it's just also growing. Like, Central at least still makes more sense because uh, she did, you know, she just moved to Arizona and she was living in Chicago for the longest time. So if she said Central, I'm like, all right, cool, we can figure that out. But Mountain Standard Time had everybody confused, so we were all, like, early by an hour. Because we are like, I thought it was going to be now. But no, it's actually because Mountain Standard Time is still showing what the time would be if we were in fall and then the, the, daylight, the time switched over. But for her, it's, like, right now like what it is for me it's, it's just it's just a headache but we've solved that so 10 p.m eastern every friday night um we're gonna have a discussion we uh want to do like a book review too so we read like a chapter or two of a uh, book uh, within us uh, called racism without racists that really highlighted a bunch of like that really highlighted at least the first chapter how 
just how institutionalized things are and like breaking down the systems. It was very like, it was a very academic book. And we wanted to do book discussion, but we didn't get a chance to go into that. And we might or we may or may not keep the book discussion thing because the topical stuff is just so there's just so much. And there's also six of us. So bringing so many different perspectives. Um, but we also right. do take questions uh, from chat. So if you're in there and you want to like you want to have a chance to ask questions, uh, like if you're there live, great. Otherwise, like on social media is mind snaps me like you'll be able to find like how to find all these people and still reach out and ask us questions. But don't ask us. <laughs> what do we do? But Nick, what, what do we do? Google Bing Yahoo. Fucking Google it. <laughs> Fucking bing it. When you suggested big <laughs> on Xbox geez. as a way to how to fight racism, it's like, fair? Yeah, I guess. Like, you know, like. That's, <laughs> somebody yeah. said Microsoft Edge, and I'm like, whoa. Geez, yeah, I mean, okay, like, uh, fucking use whatever you serious. have to, like, type that shit out and just, like, how to not be a shitbag. That's probably, like, one of the most Googled or big <laughs> topics on Xbox, if we're going to be real here. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that's really uh, what we uh, like. That was my big thing this week because I want to be able to do something. And to me, like meeting up once a week and having f- very frank, open conversations about how all of this is and people's experiences seems like the least that I could do, at least because there's things that right. I can't do. I can't physically get involved in other ways that I would love to because I don't want to have to necessarily jeopardize my future in this country yet. So this is a more long-term thing. Once, like, I have a solid foothold in this country, oh, like, oh yeah, protest? Woohoo! Woohoo! You go, you're going at it, uh, but uh, once you got your, I guess, rights as a citizen, I guess, would probably be the term, which is a sad way of saying it, because if you, I believe right now in your current position, if you get in too much trouble, uh... The possibility of getting deported is probably real at this point, isn't it? Yes. Um, I not to you know touch on that like that, but it's no, no, it's, it's a fucking it's, scary thought. Yeah, you know? no, it's it's true. Like I, it's it's one of those things where I have to think of myself and other people at the same time. And right now, the best thing that I can do is be more be on 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 things like this where I'm not putting myself in legal trouble, so that in the future I can put myself in legal trouble in order to help other people. At the very least, despite uh, misguided attempts by him, I, I feel like Trudeau has been doing a very active job on supporting the protesting over on Canada's side. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. Uh, Trudeau is a mixed bag right now, especially with a lot of Canadians, um, because I don't necessarily want to... A, I don't know too much about it, but like when we talk about First Nations, uh, Indigenous people of Canada and the government now they've been treated, it's, it's horrible. Like... It's bad. Yeah. And I, I, I'm guessing it's probably messed up to say at least they're not as bad as Americans, uh, treating Native Americans kind of situation. But I mean, if it's still bad in a different st- spot, it's still fucking bad. You shouldn't be like, well, at least right, we're not right. as bad as that because that is a level of, uh, blaming, uh, I believe originally used by the USSR. Uh, we're doing this, but we're not like them doing that at least, uh, Goddamn commies. Um, no, it's, I, I would argue it's just as bad from the little I've read. Um, but, um, yeah, don't, like, bars is, I think it's, it's something that will, will grow to become, like, like, I, I could feel it even yesterday, like, it's gonna be fierce. Because there's just so much exhaustion and so much anger, like, held in 
and because we're trying to like make sure that we're articulating things properly and make sure that we're trying to lead with compassion because that's how you win people over it's not by yelling at them it's by being empathic and helping them understand like finding some sort of common ground and bridging that but then what like it's difficult to do that when you've not been heard for so long right right so yeah it's uh, if anybody's interested um and if you have it like even if you just want to share or if you think that maybe there's some things i could learn like i do recommend that you come check us out because we we all have a responsibility i think to play in general to the people around us forget the world forget forget like like right now the conversation is on black people but for for for, for the moment forget the world forget everybody else like just the people around you what are you doing that you've learned and that you've picked up and that's so ingrained on you that might be hurting the people directly around you right like that's the very least that you have like that you owe to anybody like to not be a shit back to the people around you whether inadvertently or like you know so yeah bars i'm trying to find a way to transition this to the other part on the uh the show notes here but uh i'm pretty sure that statement needs to end in a period uh you know a, a pause if you will uh bars but you did uh get to enjoy a moment uh instead of trying to teach people to love each other, you did have a moment where you got to enjoy being uh, around people who, uh, I, I say love you very in, in quotes because I was there too. But uh, yeah, you had no, a, uh, a moment there. It's true. Um, my, um, excuse me, organized by my sister and my mom um, and some of my cousins and my friends, they put together this video congratulating me on my graduation. Glenn was a part of it. Brandon, Tyler, uh, other Brandon, um, the Martin brothers, Brandon and Paul, two of my closest friends, Vlad and Ian, also like people I grew up with, uh, all of my family from both my dad and my mom's side. Um, my parents were there, obviously, put together like a nice little graduation montage and it was good. It was a uh, very feels good moment, man. And for those watching live, we're going to play the video right now for the next 15 minutes. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't do that to you, but, uh. You know, it was a personal video meant for you specifically. I, I, I think uh, your sister and everybody, you know, they put their hearts in it. I'd like to think. Yeah, it was I, a very heart-touching moment. It, it was. There was bets whether or not you're going to cry or not. So, uh, oh no, I did that did on, the, on the way uh, to McDonald's. It's fine. Oh, okay. Dang it. Well, at least you admit it. Uh, I put ten <laughs> pounds on it, so it's like I, I need something, man. You know, g- give me a mitting. Um. Yeah, I mean, it took me by surprise because uh, I was just told it was going to be a family get-together for my cousin's birthday, who it actually also was her birthday. But then they showed this, and then you were there, and then my friends were there, and I'm like, this is this is not what I was expecting because I only rolled out of bed like an hour ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's heartwarming because, you know, especially with distance and being so far from family and from my sister and from my friends, it's, it's hard some days not um having that contact or them around so it was nice it was nice to see especially time differences make it harder to like stay in touch uh to communicate properly and also i'm not the best communicator sometimes because i get you know so busy caught up in doing my own things that i forget to reply to a text or whatever and then also in the middle east you can't really like have video conversations so seeing my mom is also a challenge and it was uh no it was nice it was a good reminder that there are people there but it's still i'm still all the way over here so bittersweet but still heartwarming right but thank you. But like, at least you got those, friends like us. Yeah, thank you to and those Glenn, who did contribute. The, uh, um, Glenn, I heard you had a uh, congratulations speech you uh, you had prepared. Uh, do you want to do that right now? What? <laughs> Perfect. Nailed it. Wow. Uh, 
so inspiring. Like, honestly, like a, a Picasso. It me. Castle. <laughs> I just called a Picasso a Picasso. It's, it's almost like you have the inspiring leader feed. I feel revitalized already. Uh-huh. Yeah, temporary hit points. Oof. Like, 25 right there. That was, like, level 20 in spreading speech. Glenn, you, you you are putting the, en- the the enunciation of the what, like, was delivered in such a, a style, like, magnificent. Okay, I will say, like, there was... Uh, no, I feel like I feel like this is me being, like, ungrateful and picky. So I don't know if I should say this or not about the video. And sure. It, it wasn't about the editing. The editing was great. My sister did a fucking fantastic job, especially with that intro and, like, the montage of me growing up and then leading in with my uncle's, like, uh, you know, whatever he was saying. But what bothered me, like, I don't know if this maybe... It's just... This is just, I think, videos also in general made with phone. You can't put it horizontally. Like, it just bothered it's me impossible. seeing all that black space. It's impossible, Nick. They all had to do it vertically, okay? So, like, that was just my, like... You know, it, it, it was like a Steve Jobs <laughs> moment. They wanted to do ultimate, like triple level borderlining. Let them do that. Like you can't hate on their art for their choices. I mean, you can, but it's like they did their style for you. And which I had pog champs up here. Like that's my style. No, which is why um, I you know I was a little hesitant to say that, but like it's just that that's the that's the creator in me. We have the aspect ratio for a reason. Don't worry, I will talk with uh, your sister about this after this. That way we blow it up. And you just see everybody's so nose on the borders. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> full end. Like, no, it yeah, was. Guy, yeah, no. My sister did a good job. I, I, She only, believe it or not, she's only been messing around with like uh, some of these softwares for the last few months. Not even for the longest time. And she's able to put that together. She did a good job. She did. But you got to understand, she did a great job in congratulating you for doing a great job like we we got together to celebrate that you made one probably one of the most amazing accomplishments as both a person you know part of the cmq team like i'm a college dropout dude uh the fact that you managed to get a bachelor's is like holy shit good Thank work you. dude yeah it was uh yeah I've, I've been feeling a little uh pissy this week like a little down in the dumps because i didn't get to walk across the stage and then my virtual convocation happened uh, a few days ago um and yeah. there was we had some honorary uh, degree recipients, and one of them uh, was an older guy. I think uh, he was Italian, and he was he was telling us a story of how he's like, you know, I understand what it's like to want to walk across that stage and you know be handed your degree and feel like you know you you're done, like this is it, like this is the university recognizing you, which is what I wanted. But then he went on to say that just because you didn't get that doesn't take anything away from the effort and the meaning of your degree and all that you're going to go on to do. And then he proceeded to recount the story of how he missed out on his uh, on, on the convocation for his bachelor's, on the convocation for his master's, and on the convocation for his doctorate. And so sitting there at the age of, I think he was like 60s, so like late 60s or early 70s, he's like, I'm just destined to never walk across that stage. Because he was supposed to also walk across the stage to receive that honorary degree that our my university awarded him, but then COVID, so he can't do that either. Uh, but he's like, it doesn't mean that it's going to stop you. And that kind of like, everybody said that. Everybody said that to me, like, you know, and I understand that. It's just me being like me feeling like, like this, this sucks. Um, and I know that's, you know, it doesn't take anything away. But for whatever reason, him saying that made like more of an impact. I'm like, all right, okay. Cool. All right. Shit. Fine. Okay. We'll be okay. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's just, I've just not been, like, I just wanted to walk across that stage. It was going to be three hours of me bitching and moaning and being bored. But then for those, like, 15 seconds that I get to walk across that stage, that's, like, that's six years that I'm walking across that stage for. That's that Star Wars montage where, you know, uh, playing that dramatic music and Chewbacca gets the shaft kind of situation where it's like, yeah, you get the walk in, have your glorious moment. All eyes are on you. This is you. This is your moment. Um, but and I mean, I'll, so- and I'll get that chance. I will get that chance. Our university's offered to like allow us to do that, considering everything that's happened next year. But like, like for me, not to turn the spotlight on me, but I'm gonna do it. Uh, when I'm in the McDonald's drive-through and I gotta wait ten minutes, but finally I get to the drive-through window. That's my glorious moment. I get like that cashier is looking at me. Except uh, I'm gonna guess it's I'm a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm totally messing around here. It's <laughs> just the idea. Of, like, I will I will yes, share something. I, Hang on. Sure. I think Nick wanted to share a moment of silence because he just left. And he's um, back. I hadn't worn this. I was going to wear this, if, if that'll focus, at my when I walk across the stage because that was what my dad gave me, actually. That was my grad present when I went home for Christmas because nice. he wasn't, for whatever reason, he for the specific reasons, he wasn't able to give it to me uh, if he were to come this year. But... Uh, yeah, I was like, I still haven't worn it. I hadn't touched it. I just looked at it, tried it on, it fit well, and then put it back in the box because I was going to wear that on the day I walk across the stage. I'm trying to think of the fanciest watch I, I personally ever gotten. I think it was from a giveaway. Have you heard of something called Fossil Watches? Yes. I love Fossil. Uh, is it a brand or something? or Fossil's a brand, yeah. Fantastic fucking okay. watches. Uh, apparently, I, if I remember correctly, what happened was uh, I was in a contest uh, in like middle school, and uh, I won a fossil watch that was uh, a limited edition Final Fantasy X or eleven or something like that fossil watch, and it came in a case that looked like a giant meteor, like uh, a lot of the Final Fantasy logos, where it's like a comet uh, crashing the ground and it opens up, and the watch was inside, and uh, it was cool. That's probably so I never played the. I thought it was cool as shit. It made me actually want to play the game, but it was Final <laughs> Fantasy Eleven, and it had a subscription service, and I was like, I guess I won't. Uh, but I'll <laughs> definitely watch, you know, you know, a magazine of uh, Game Informer or whatnot back in the day, uh, you know, talk about it. Right. Um, well, yeah. that all being said, how's your week been, Tyler? It, it was it was a week. Yeah. Uh, like, just me on the personal level, I... Uh, I got to do the hardest route on my job, which uh, is great for money, but I was a tired boy. Uh, I, I, I told you this week, you know, it's hard to want to be productive when you get your ass kicked by, in, like, trying to do your best in employment. And uh, at the end of each day, I'm sitting there like, like I, I'd be like a close-up of uh, Ren and Stimpy pretty much every time <laughs> I sat down in the chair or whatnot, like, Ugh! and... Usually Thursday and Friday is the roughest day for this route for me, just because you're so down and out that you're just ready for it to be done. You're slothing. But uh, I found a way to make everything more not worth it, I guess. But like it it made the process of working and driving more enjoyable. I decided to uh, give heed to the billion of advertisements that's been hit my way every time I listen to a podcast and gave uh, Audible a shot. Uh, and, uh, I'm, for those who don't know, Audible is, in fact, a, uh, audiobook, uh, you know, app, uh, that basically, you know, uh, you sign up and you have, uh, a somewhat limited credit-based, uh, access to every audiobook that they could possibly buy, which, uh, it turns out they bought a fucking lot. 
And and if you use code CMQ, that, you'll get ten dollars off your. No, I'm fucking. I'm fucking kidding. Ten <laughs> percent off your first. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I actually lost my shit signing up for it because it's like, hey, you want to sign up for audio or Audible? Use your Amazon account. And I'm like, fine. I guess that makes sense. It's like, cool. By the way, we're gonna be using this card. It's your grandma's. I'm like, wait, what? No, don't use my grandma's cards to charge me for Audible. And it's like, too late, sucker. <laughs> Money. And I'm like, so I had the, you know, fucking. And the next time you visit your grandma, she's listened to like all of the Lord of the Rings. And she's like, why haven't you ever shown me these movies? <laughs> uh, I wish. I wish. Uh, like, uh, I got a kick because uh, I'm about to do a tangent on the tangent here. That's fine. Uh, I went. On Netflix, I was uh, scrolling through stuff, and I saw it recently watched, and, you know, I share my Netflix account with my wife only because we live in the same household and nobody else, but uh, for some reason, uh, knowing that my grandma also uses Netflix, but she totally uses her own separate account, uh, that uh, I wanted to give a TV show that you guys seem to have uh, enjoyed, uh, Space Force. I wanted to give it a shot watching it. And I saw that the first two episodes were already watched, and, you know, I'm looking at my wife, and I'm like, you watch Space Force? She's like, no. What is that? And I'm like, wait, there's only one other person that definitely legally does not use my account. I'm like, huh, my grandma watched fucking Space Force. Uh, Like, it it was great that, uh, you know, giving my grandma a access to a separate netflix account that she got to enjoy uh, legally she can use your netflix right why can't she uh since i paid for the extra screens and all that you pay for it yeah yeah it's not it's not like have access to it you don't have to be in the same house yeah Yeah. it's not like spotify family where you have to be in the same household and i definitely don't have like people across the world on my spotify family i don't even have spotify family definitely not what's spotify well fuck it yeah my grandma watched six people Ooh, nice. Kind of like the Nintendo Online for people who are also in the household. Yeah, yeah, same house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a- anyways, uh, yeah, my grandma Romania wants fucking Canada, space right? for it. I, I, Sorry, I went, I went over there. Sure. Yeah, they're neighboring countries. Like, uh, but not Saskatchewan. That's on the other side of the world. Saskatchewan. Whatever. Anyways, uh, yes. Are, are we gonna do this, guys? Are you guys gonna have a chocolate at my expense, Tyler? So, I'm gonna do a triple tangent special. Get ready for this shit. I have to be careful on the way I say things, uh, as everybody here knows, that on occasion, I'll say a word that I've only heard from somebody else saying it, or from a book, and it's led to uh, somewhat comical results, where I'll, you know, uh, the the infamous example is, I like to say carcoal instead of charcoal, because I've only seen it you know, <laughs> written on Minecraft. And then we and have a I Pokemon my- called Carcoal. That was fucked up. Uh <laughs> Kept asking it's my like wife, "Is like, hey, do you do you have any car coal? I need to, you know, smith my iron." And you know, just hearing like the silent giggles, like what? <laughs> uh, I have to be careful because if I don't remember how a word is pronounced, I will mentally go to the last time I heard somebody say the word and go off of that. And my wife, bless her, likes to say stuff like Wi-Fi instead of Wi-Fi. Or you know, uh, there was one time where I was like. Uh, be careful with that dude you, you gotta be careful it's fragile uh and he's like what i'm like it's <laughs> fuck it's oh, fragile. Sorry. yeah uh, extra tangent how do you how do you say wi-fi in spanish quadruple <laughs> wi-fi <laughs> Por qué fi? no oh, oh you funny you funny nikki comedy central's calling they want a special right now uh 
Netflix does those now. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> can't wait to see, see Nicola on uh, Netflix. So with the pronunciation things, like I, I'm right up there with you sometimes because I used to say Island for a long time instead of Island. Yeah. Um, oh. When I was younger, because again, I'd only ever read it, and it just never clicked when people said Island and I'd read Island. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know what that Different is, words. but sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Uh, more, more recently, because I don't think I've ever really pronounced it until like the villager came out for Animal Crossing. Uh, I never knew how to pronounce the word fuchsia. I'd always say uh, fuchsia. Fuchsia? Oh, yeah. I can see that. Like fucking every Pokemon town in like the first three generations. I'm scared to pronounce out I'm, loud right now. I'm not fucking kidding. I used to say fuchsia. When I was a kid playing through Yellow, and I'm like, "Oh, Fuxia City, okay." Yeah, did you uh, go fight Co- <laughs> you know, uh, Kaga and Fuxia City? <laughs> so when I was sitting in a Discord call with some of my friends, and we were talking about Animal Crossing, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I've got," uh, I I don't know how to pronounce her name, um, uh, Fuxia. I'm like, do you mean Fuchsia? I'm like, yeah, sure, that one. Just don't say that. I, Fuchsia. That's what I said. I I. Brain fart. Like if it was if it wasn't for the like uh music track that came out like Viridian, I would have had so much trouble saying Viridian. Like I what are those you know scary ass words? Uh there's one city that I still cannot pronounce from Johto. Uh the one where you fight uh Morty, the ghost type uh gym leader. I will try if you'd like. It's called uh Cru Crutique. Ecrutique. Ecrutique, yeah. Ec- a critique? Yep. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Uh, why the fuck would they put that fucking tree in? Like, how do they expect us to know that word? You then again, it. we still fight a- about uh, how Suikun is, you know, pr- supposed to be pronounced. Uh, I think a lot of people will say, like, Sushun or some shit like that. And it's like, what the fuck is that? You okay, Glenn? A lot of weird names in Pokemon. There are. Really? You know, I haven't thought about it since I was five years old. There is, isn't there? There are. There are. Bi sharp versus B sharp, like it, like a lot of it comes down to also like cultural and like dialects and things like that, just in terms of where like emphasis goes. Um, and I'd like to think, for the most part, I've nailed how they should be pronounced. But you know, we all have our own gaps in what's a, what's right. considered normal. What do you think would be the hardest uh, towns to say in a Pokemon game? Like, my vote's probably fucking, uh, Sun and Moon with the fucking Hawa- uh, Alolan Islands. I don't even, uh, I never played that. I'm just, I'm trying to, like, uh, let's see. Let's pull up the, uh, Can you copy and paste Alola one region. into chat and see how we all pronounce it? Sure. I got a list here that lists off every fucking city in a Pokemon game. Here you go, chat. Uh, we got Rustboro, or is it Rustboro? Rustboro. I mean, I guess, uh, that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Where's the list? Hang on. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Vermilion. That's an easy one. Thank God. Uh, Verbank. Uh, Balestone? Vilestone? Undela. 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 I always said Undela. Here's one for the fucking, uh, Unova region. Uh, Akmula. That under A? Uh, yes. The very first one. Akimula? Akimula? Uh, sure. I didn't even realize that. Wow. I forgot that even existed. It's Accumula. Accumula? Okay. Like Accumulate? Oh, fuck! Glenn's fucking okay. woke over here. Okay, uh, how about this one, smart guy? Ambret. 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 Innistar, okay. Anvil, Aquacord, Aspersia, Azalea, Wait, Balloonia. Aspersia? 
Yeah. Azalea. Ooh. Azalea's another one. Azalea. Azalea. It's a it's a it's a push. it's a flower. I know, Glenn. I, I played Animal Crossing too. Camphor. I, 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 I can't do this. Yeah, these oh, are fun. <laughs> Duford, Falarbor, Floaroma, Flocacy. Five Island. That's the hardest one. <laughs> yeah, don't hurt yourself on Thieve. that one. Thieve. Thieve Eastlands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, Five let's Island. Just, uh, let's just mi- mispronounce the names. It's this. island. It's it's towns and cities, but fantasy. How about My, uh, Humalau? Humilau? Uh, what is that? Hum- ho- home Alone City? Humilau? Humilau. Humilau. I like Home Alone Island. I think uh, the hardest one here would be one? with some of the like um, Polynesian-inspired names, so Haole City. Wait, is it Haole? Yeah. Where's that at? I'm, I'm, I'm doing uh, that's that Haole fucking, that's, too. That's a white guy. Haole. Yeah, I mean... I mean Haole, shit. Like, there's... To, you have to give the the translation team some credit. They're trying to be inclusive. Um, yeah, but Haole is like it's like the N word for white people in Hawaii. Oh, well, shit! <laughs> Stupid Haole, get off my island! You know, like whoa, I, Glenn, no! They said it to me all the what? time. I was yeah, but I didn't ask you to use the fucking thing of the sentence. No, it may not actually be the same. There may be different spelling. It may be different. Haole. Like ha, that's ole. like for us a slur. For, oh, it is like, different. Sorry, haole is H A apostrophe O L E, so it is a different word. It means without. breath. That's good. Do you want to know good. why it's it means without breath? Because he's gonna choke on these nuts, what, Glenn? Because <laughs> the common way for uh, native uh, Hawaiians to greet each other would be to bring their heads close and share air as a sign of uh, like seems awfully closeness. familiar. And uh, when the white man came, he came and he greeted without breath by shaking hands. So he was a holder. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Uh, Moville. Moville? <laughs> Moville. Back to the pronunciation. Look, I'm sorry. There's a couple ones that olivine. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. That opalucid? Opalucid? Opalucid. Opalucid, yeah. Opal- opalucid. Uh, and then my favorite one from fucking... Uh, Sapphire and Ruby, uh, Pacifilog. <laughs> Pacific. That, that, that was a fucking one. Uh, that was rough because I remember having to pronounce that one to explain how you activate the, uh, the fucking, sh- uh, what do you, whatever you want to call it, the shrine that gets you all the access to the Reggies. Uh, it's like, hey, you gotta go uh, yeah, to the yeah. west of, uh, Pacifilog. And it's like, the, the, the what now? Pacific Log Town. Super okay. Awesome. So, anyways, uh, since we went five times, I shit you not, five times on the tangent, back over to Audible, if we may. Uh, so on Audible, I decided the first book was going to be the one that Glenn had recommended me, uh, narrated by Will Wheaton, Ready Player One. I, I've never, I have no idea what Ready Player One was, except that there was video games involved. There was a movie made about it. There was one time that everybody got excited because Tracer from Overwatch was in one of the trailers or something like that. Uh, and... I'm like, okay, cool, video games, let's give it a shot. Uh, there was a lot of mixed reactions. Some people, like, were, like, saying this was fake as shit. And some people were like, uh, you know, this is the coolest thing ever. I wanted to listen and see what it was like. And, Glenn, let me tell you, I have not gotten all the way through, mind you. So, my this is first impressions so far. I'm only about, uh, I think, 10 hours or 20 chapters in. I don't know how many chapters there are. Uh, this is a weird book. A really weird book, Glenn. Honestly, like it, 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 it feels so. like it should be on the 
It should be on the same place as Fifty Shades of Grey. The fact that it's such a fan fiction that had so much avid detail into it that it actually became a book. And then a movie for some reason. I don't understand why. I've never had such a graphic detail of a person French kissing someone that is the personified 80s. What? It should be in the vein of audio porn, which is what Fifty Shades of Grey is because they care about 80s, like, pop culture. Care. Care is a verb that is synonymous to romantic passion of a light sort. That is not what this love letter to the 80s is. This is a death threat threatening and demanding a suicide pact with the 80s level passion. It is freakishly bizarre. The story focuses on a 18-year-old who has spent so much time being in love with the 80s that he spends a fucking chapter in this book, uh, you know, the, the author, mind you, not the actual character, but it might as well be the character, going in active detail on how they know every single thing, and they proceed to write out every single thing they could possibly think of on the 80s via a Wikipedia page that they managed to find, and then talk about, like, yeah, random quips. I know every single 80s band because, you know, this fucking Halloway, this no, weird freakish... that is so overly simplified, it's not even funny. I know, it's even worse. Like, no, it's, it's awful. Not. Yeah, yeah, but you're, you're, you're giving it... You're acting like he, there's no reason for it. He's a poor kid that lives in the slums in a world that's overpopulated that has been forced to a world of digital existence. And, and the Halloway first chapter was... The, Great. Yeah. It was like that. The first two chapters was the best fucking thing I've I guess heard narrated where are by you a book. At, as far as the storyline goes, without giving too much away for someone who hasn't heard it. Second trial. How about that? Okay. Really? You didn't like yeah, Jazz? Yeah, I, I, uh, uh, that got me back in. Like, okay. it's so weird. And I people are like, what the fuck is he like talking parts. about? Yeah. There's weird sections where it's, I, I would call it uh, action and interlude. The mm-hmm. action parts are probably by far amazingly well done. And mm-hmm. like the fact that the shout is in references, mwah. But yeah. anytime there's an interlude where it's basically him, like the first interlude was like, yeah, I'm going to sit here with a bunch of people who uh, claim they know shit, but I'm the, since I'm the Gary Stew of all knowledge, I'm going to, you know, put these fucking dweebs in their place with the uh, 1990s chat log insults here. Yeah, your mom ass hat you know it's like god damn dude like chill the fuck out yeah my idol is actually a mixture of gary gygax and willy wonka and he died and gave his 240 billion dollar fortune in this weird thing where i have to know every single 80s thing and you know what that's okay i'm gonna watch it four times over because i'm the best because he wants to be the best that's like ripping on that's like ripping on rocky because he trained too hard but this kid is yeah, but- his training is learning about 80s pop culture so he can save the world from an evil corporation. Does Rocky Balboa sit with every other boxer in a room saying, "Yeah, man, I learned how no, to do the uppercut." No, because there's not a digital chat room for them all to do did. that together. No one Thank fucking God too because that would be boring as Catch shit. Them is my real test. To train them is my cause. Uh, I will travel across the land. Searching for my... Oh, sorry, did I... It, like, it, it was just bizarre having a author write, and just to make... So it makes sense why this person, this kid, 
is going to be able to do as well as he did, you know, throughout the rest of the story by having him go out of his way to brag to the audience that he does not know exists, that he knows everything there is to need to know. That line is okay, but what better way to explain you know, Ready Player One by going into a 5,000 word essay on exact details of why he knows everything and to what extent. It's like, okay, I get it. You know your stuff. Oh, you want, you want to, okay, you want to talk about movies? Yeah, sure, go ahead and name. Yeah, I'll stay here for 15 minutes while you name off every 80s movie that you seem to have enjoyed and land a quip here and there. And how you know more than everybody else. Oh, yeah, we're done with the movies? Perfect. Oh, there's music too, yeah. And don't get me fucking started on the games. It's like, the, yes, we get it. The dude knows about everything about games. It's like, <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. Like, uh, And yes, I compared it to the Fifty Shades of Grey because it was like a... Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is a weird fetish uh, power fantasy that was taken to the extremes, but then, you know, got credit, even though it was pretty much a glorified ripoff of Twilight put into this weird metropolitan era. Uh, this is pretty much, hey, I know everything, but the world needs saving... Or I could get a shit ton of money because there's bad people around. And honestly, it's 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 just bizarre. It's it's a weird fan fiction that went to the extreme in every direction. But then there was actual moments where there was shown humility, and I love the fucking humility. It was weird that I don't like understand the protagonist at all because, admittedly, they're a antisocial geek shut-in that is you know spending their lives trying to survive in this you know dystopian world. But at the same time, it was Act 2. I'm going to give a little spoiler. Like, he went into active detail on how they spent, presumably, tens of thousands of dollars on a fucking door. And it's like, what? okay, I'm anti- He went and spent a good, I'm guessing, two, three pages talking about a fucking door. It's like, we know the character is antisocial, but what better way to explain how they spent thousand dollars on a war door? Uh, I shit you not, they called it a war door. Uh, that was going to go in detail on how they have to go through a fucking airlock just so they can get pizza from somebody. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. <sighs> well, the guy, you know, has to hook up to a, a headset thing and get into the virtual world. Oh, well, Wheaton's like, whoa, wait, hold there, their friend. We actually have to spend about eight to ten minutes here telling you about every single thing this kid has bought to hook up to the system. It's like, do we? Well, yes, I, I I got paid a lot of money to narrate this. I have to tell you in active detail. And it's like, so yes, let's hear about all this. Uh, Like, it was weird because if I were to spend 10 minutes here telling you about everything on my computer, it's going to get boring. It's like, yes, I could tell you every single piece that runs into my computer. Just, I'll tell you. It's a good computer. You know, <laughs> I don't have to tell you like, well, the motherboard does the six gigabytes a second transfer. And honestly, you don't quite see that, you know, as well since 2012. Oof, not the eight gigabytes it, per it, second? I know, right? But I really was strapping for the, you know, because there was this government level agency that was trying to kill me at the time. But let me tell you about the harness. The Harness is by a fictional company, and boy, is it a fictional company. Let me give you a history lesson about it. Nick's already fucking yawning. Like, Glenn's got glazed eyes. Glenn. You have a very, very specific formulated opinion, and there's nothing I can do to change that, so. So, to summarize my opinion, I think Ready Player One is an excellent book. I love it. I love the shit out of it. But there's very, very weird, bizarre moments where the author goes into this weird... And I said this in Discord, I'm just basically reading it verbatim. 
goes into these weird moments where it feels like the author themselves is stopping the reader from continuing with the story so they may present themselves in a very softcore porn flick with themselves making out with the 1980s. And that's bizarre to me. It's like, I get it. This is an 80s movie. I, you know, I watched that Adam Sandler pixels. It, it, you know, it, I enjoyed that. That's Although, uh, it's kind of weird because Ready Player One and Pixels is like hardcore nerddom versus like casual nerddom and like super opposite polar spectrums there in the comparisons but it's so weird going from you know adam sandler to ready player one pretty much and it's good kick i mean in terms of movies because like i don't know about the book but like that's kind of like what i draw a parallel to not knowing anything about ready player one because i really don't so i can't say too much about it but i enjoyed pixels um i mean I'm uh, looking at all the fucking shit that people have said about how much Pixel sucked. Like, it's an Adam Sandler movie. Like, honestly, what were you expecting? <laughs> you know, not that he makes shitty honestly, movies. Honestly, what were you fucking expecting? But, like, what were you expecting? Well, like, it, like, it, I've it seen was entertaining. States, okay. And which is what, like, bothers me sometimes about movie reviews is, like, they want to, for good reason sometimes, they want to, like, f- like, nitpick and break everything down to the smallest detail. And I'm like, okay, but were you entertained? Are you not entertained? If you're not, then say so. If you if you are, but if you're like everything about this movie was pretty shit, but I still enjoyed it. Three out of five stars. I'm like that doesn't make sense. Glenn, there's an entire chapter dedicated to Will Wheaton narrating a series of text messages between two people. You remember that? I'm. Sh- you have mm-hmm. to remember that. Yeah, like, I enjoyed the way it was presented. So, Artemis, hi. How are you doing, Percival? I'm doing okay. How about you, Pars- Artemis? Percival, whatever, Percival. Uh, and it was just, it was honestly like by the eight minute mark, I was like, this is fu- like, this is a skit that's gone so long that, that this is legit funny. I'm getting a kick out of this, but it was just maybe it's it an was, interesting book. Maybe it's just not meant to be in audio format. I mean, I, mean, I listen to it in There's some format. moments when Will Wheaton went into active details about, and, you know, the Tuma Horrors, for example. Uh, and, you know, the author and Will Wheaton combined, like, they, when they went in detail on that, that was like, holy shit, this is why people love the fuck out of the book, because, like, I've never played, you know, advanced Dungeons & Dragons, you know, I'll be honest, but the way they went in detail about how everything worked out and whatnot, up to the point where there was a jousting session, that was both comical and cool as shit, like, this is like epic nerdum taken to a form. Nick in the chat is asking, would you not compare this to your appreciation of Zelda? I think if I were to take my uh, fandom of Zelda to this, like, let's say, to the characters and whatnot in this game, they would probably call me a filthy casual, because I'm Fucking just, perfect, like, I'm we're ha- on casual master quest. I know, I'm a filthy casual master quest, because I love Zelda. I'll defend Zelda, you know, to a questionable extent, uh, back in, like, the early odds of the century, but... Like, if people don't like Zelda or if it's not to their taste, that's understandable. Uh, if somebody tells me that, you know, Majora's Mask is their favorite Zelda game, even though they're wrong, I understand that. I respect that. There's good points to be made out of that. But there's, like, some people where it's like, their word is law because facts will support them in their head. There's objective truths to be had when it comes to certain things. And people will fight to the death. And... It makes sense because, you know, in the 1990s uh, chat room, people would do that. They will stand and die on their hill to defend their fandom. And this movie is pretty much a, at least the intro of it was pretty much that, saying, hey, 
there will be hills to die on. But then people are like, yeah, no, we'll actually kill you. Fuck you. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, th th this is serious. Actually, we better be careful here. So yeah, Ready Player One. Uh, and and uh, not in movie theaters now because, yeah, in a nutshell. Uh, Glenn, thank you for recommending it. I will mm. reiterate that these past two days that I drove, I was thrilled to listen to it. I'm not saying that w the things I said makes it a bad book. It's yeah. just weird as shit to me. And I know that it's a weird opinion. It's not a bad one. I'm not saying it's... Uh, me saying that it was objectively a bad book would be me supporting the whole premise of this fucking book in the first place, you know? Mm. Uh, I guess I'm just not used to the idea of absolutes. Uh, I haven't dealt with absolutes and opinions since, like, 12th grade of high school, you know? And this book is nothing but that. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, in the final act, uh, like, there will be some weird, uh, you know, very wholesome moments where it's like, maybe, maybe War Games by, you know, Matthew Broderick wasn't the the perfect end-all be-all movie. Uh, maybe it was a great movie, but there was better ones in the 90s. Like Godzilla. I just think it's uh, weird I'm gonna to have to on dish a soap saying that one having strong opinions he believes that that is the best because it's i don't know i'm glad me and i'm glad and and it's opinions are true they're facts because as he quote he was so popular that he was a hero nay he was a god it's like what the f okay okay <laughs> captain uh, commercial <laughs> that's one way to describe it because he is a god uh sure yeah and, uh, it's a book. It's a book. Glenn, I feel like you would have, like, all sorts of things to be said if it wasn't the fact that you're so tired. So, I uh, think, since we, uh, we've... I managed to burn, like, 20 minutes talking about this thing. I will give you a better summarized opinion when I finish it next week. That way, when you're well-rested, uh, I'm sure you'll have a PowerPoint uh, telling me how I'm wrong at certain points. Well, you see, so. actually... If well, you look at slide number four, flash angrily. No, you activated my trap card. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you exactly what I'm feeling right now. It's just, it's interesting that you feel that way, but in it feels like you saying that is trying to be objectively true when you believe that he is wrong for trying for feeling the same way about something. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's an interesting. I don't know. It feels like you just don't really like Wade Watts that much. His perspective and like internal monologue is not something that you really jive with is all it is. It sounds like. Right. You know, and that's not wrong for anything, you know, like, yeah. And I do, I do agree. There are times when it does go a little monologue on the internal side. Um, but personally, I always like, I always really, really appreciated books that gave me a good picture of what was going on in someone's head. And so like, understanding where he's coming from, why he's doing things, how he feels about all of this stuff um, in a comprehensive way. Because I, I was not, I'm I, not was not, I'm not a student of 80s, you know, culture, even though I was born. Me neither, you know? So like, I was like, just like, wow, 90s. for me, it was like an opportunity to learn. I was like, wow, I didn't know all this stuff, you know? So for me, I was just like, wow, he knows a shit ton and he really cares about doing this thing. I'm going to walk to the dance thing. floor. This very specific song played, and as a character, I must say out loud the exact name of the song, the band, the album, and the release year, because mm -hmm. I'm that cool. It's like, okay, okay, dude. But I don't know <laughs> if he necessarily thinks it's cool. I think he just, like, feels it as an obligation because he loves that era of time so much, you know? He, I mean, from a different perspective, 
when it seems like they have a Super Saiyan equivalent, and I know that you saying Super Saiyan is not going to give me any <laughs> any accolades in this argument here. When you get a Super Saiyan equivalent of the Harry Potter tragic backstory, essentially, where it's like this poor kid has seen, sh- you know, has eaten dog shit for a family life. And it's like, you know, when you're used to like a humble person like Harry trying to, you know, just make their way in the world and whatnot. And instead we get the kid who proceeds to give the bash down on any subject there is to his friends and, you know, rivals. Uh, it's, it's weird, you know, it's. And there's a certain level of where when one person is passionate about something that they enjoy it, they want other people to enjoy it. But if that other person who also begins to enjoy it has a thought and it goes against even remotely what you think, you proceed to go into like a uh, a toxic, fragile masculinity episode of like beating them down for it with insults and stuff that is intimidating i mean did you dislike hermione like she was the exact same way she had a bad life coming up you know she didn't really she was raised by dentists she was raised by dentists but then she came in and was treated badly because of her life as a young person in that world and anytime anybody challenged her on anything she immediately threw back all of the info she knew and no one disliked her because she was smart and she told people what she believed to be true. I don't know. I just... mean, two people did until one day, as they say in the story, sometimes beating a troll together just changes a friendship. I believe that's actually verbatim in one of the stories. But to be fair, each of those main characters got shit on really fucking hard. Uh, you know, no one more Harry than Potter. Neville. Neville also got shit on a lot. Oh, like, poor Neville. Oh, my fucking heart. Ron Weasley got shit on for being a you know a poor wizarding family despite you know being pure blood and all that shit. Harry Potter got shit on all the fucking time just because he you was know, a popularity is four. And then Hermione for being a, a mudborn that happened to be so fucking smart that she was still able to outprove the whole pure blood theory. Uh, they all got shit on. Uh, the fact that she was also smart and was able to recite things from fact as a, a little bit of a know-it-all. I just, I don't remember that part where Hermione sits, uh, you know, Harry, I need you to sit down and explain to you why you're a, a fucking fucktard. For it's not Leviosa. Knowing how to pre- Are not you Levi- kidding me? Oh, she did it the whole series. She shows everybody constantly. Well, you it, it, No, but you saw it more in the books than the movies showed them. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Like, uh, yeah, and also for me, honestly, what it also sounds like is just, um, in in your case, is you not believing that anybody could think like that, Tyler? I mean, I I know people can think about like that. <laughs> the, the, it's the part that the fact that this is a main character that I'm supposed to sympathize with was the, uh, the bizarre part. Um, well, I yeah, think, I mean... I th- Personally, I think the I, reason why I he's still... I felt like that in high school. Well, the reason why I still like... I feel like he's still approachable is because his internet persona is the opposite of who he is in real life because in real life he's gone through all these trials and hardships he's quiet he's you know closed mouth he spends a lot of time reading you know when he's not in his haptic suit and then when he gets online he's like a juggernaut because he has spent so much time doing all these things so he's able to be confident he's able to step out of his shell and actually like interact with people on a level that matters you know, to try and make a difference. And I think his confidence and his, you know, cockiness sometimes is because he's trying to do something good. I think that's where it, it for me, it doesn't it, 
bother me so much. It definitely, like, supports the nature versus nurture thing. Because, like, even if, let's say, he was a good, humble person, maybe he is. He is in such an environment of, you know, surrounded by unverifiable... I can't even say that fucking word. Uh, douchebags, essentially. Like, he's surrounded by people... I mean, people Some of them that are, are friendly... Yeah. But they're just completely toxic shitlords that belong in the forums that will, like, bash you for your thoughts. And he has to constantly be on the defensive. Mm -hmm. Except he's gotten so used to it that he turned it onto the offensive. And we get the cut into the point to where he's learned, as he said, he's mastered the way of communicating with people who are shitlords. And once you learn how to handle shitlords, and you do it on a daily basis, and we get to see that as the first thing we get to you know, see as a character, he looks like a shitlord. <laughs> Handling, you know, you may be a shitlord, but I am the shitlordiest of them all kind of situation. It's like, okay, that's, that's cool. But don't worry. Fucking Halloway is another character, too. Welcome, an to the, character. Uh, welcome to the CMQ book club. Did we do a book club? <laughs> okay, I'll stop it. Nick, what? The, you want to do a book club? We could read fantasy books. I would encourage yeah. us to read Name of the Wind and A Wise Man's Fear. I'd probably get us to uh, read into any of the fantasy-based Daniel Steele novels. I'd get us to read Skullduggery Pleasant. Isn't Daniel Steele the one with all like this, like the the always with a girl like fawning while a n nearly naked dude holds her? I mean, you, Daniel you know Steele is. Uh oh, Be isn't like... that what that? Glenn, you're right for the most part. Okay, it's, Daniel Steele is the uh, the the Karen author that writes. Uh, 400 pages of something with about two pages of smut somewhere. That way the grandmas can like, uh, yes. yes, I shall read this entire thing and find the secret oasis so I may play with the lady Danielle in the canoe. Steele. Yes, I recognize her name now. <laughs> yep. Ah, time. Okay. I need 300 pages before I get the scene so I can, you know, dust off this old vacuum cleaner here. You think I'm kidding. You wish I was kidding. I do. So video games, huh? Those are pretty crazy. Video games. Yeah, fun fact: I got introduced to Daniel Steele by my grandma for no particular reason. Got to do a book report and discovered a whole new world. Uh, yeah. So video games, Glenn, you've uh, you've been playing a new game. Well, yeah. not new, new, but new you found me. a gem. And yes. What a diamond it is! Tell us about oh, Torchlight so Two. Good. I'm going to play it after this. Um, Torchlight Two is the sequel to Torchlight. Uh, which has actually got a new game in development called Torchlight 3. Uh, as a, a true series sequel, they, they played with the idea of making Torchlight Frontiers, which was supposed to be like, like an MMORPG free to play microtransaction y shit show. Um, and they got enough feedback from their community saying, please don't do that. Uh, that they decided not to. And they, they're making a true successor that will just be a premium title with a single cost, one time paid. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the really cool thing is, is that the, uh, the guys that made this from Runic Games are the original creators of Diablo. Uh, and then when Blizzard decided to take things in a different direction, uh, they went, mm, no, I'm done. We're going to go make our own thing. Very much like, uh, Destiny to Halo. Nice. You know, the people that left Bungie because they didn't like what they were doing with Halo went, all right, we're going to go make our own space sci-fi thing. Right. And it's really fun. So it's got that, you know, top down sort of looter shooter thing, very Diablo esque, but has a lot of uh, a decent amount of community support. So like Steam, they've allowed a lot of mods to put in 
Um, the community can do things to it. Uh, it's really, really fun. Uh, very addictive. Um, the, the graphics are really cool. I don't know. There's not much for story, but God damn it, is it fun? Um, like, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be the actually guy, but just to reference the, the Bungie Halo stuff, it was the other way around, very similar to like Microsoft and, uh, Microsoft and Bungie and also Activision and Bungie. Uh, the group that actually left Bungie really wanted to get away from working with Microsoft, so they were allowed to leave, but a small small portion of them left from the original Bungie studios that made all the Halo shit. So um, I think it was like two-thirds of the people who made Halo actually went on to form 343 under Microsoft. Oh. Yeah. Just be- I, I, the only reason I know that is No, it's fair. Fucking, I, yeah, I didn't. I, I just knew they left. Yeah. <laughs> nice somebody way, left what? somewhere. But, yeah. I, and it's uh, the beauty is that this game is only twenty dollars. So like, it's a twenty dollar premium title. I think it's actually on sale on Switch because they did a Switch port recently. That is only fourteen dollars right now. Um, nice. So you can get a good game that has a sequel coming up. I don't think there's an actual time frame, but that I may be wrong. But they may have said like quarter one of twenty twenty one. But they, you know, like either way, it's in development. Um, and they've done alphas and betas on the, uh, frontier and decided to go with a full fledged sequel. So I couldn't imagine it being too far out. Um, it's a lot of fun. I don't know. It's just, yeah, I haven't played it a lot because I'm trying to limit my time because I tend to like dive hard into games. And then as a streamer, no. I end up blowing through them so fast that I can't play them for as long as I would like on stream. It's a craft, man. When you get into a whole new world. Ugh. Wow. Yeah. World of Warcraft. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, for Nick, it would probably be Destiny. Uh, for you, it's probably World of what? Warcraft. And Destiny? I think. Where? I think for me, it probably would have been Pixel Spark. Pixel Spark is probably a good example of uh, uh, a Maya. And when I fell into an addiction, I just couldn't break away to play other games, which is that uh, that Pokemon Minecraft server. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Oh yeah, where you were basically a mod at one point. I was a god, Glenn. You were a god. <laughs> I knew all the Pokemon like the back of my hand. Those like twelve-year-olds had no chance. I am actually introducing the uh, the catching Pokemon thing in my into my my Discord soon, though. Yeah, Brandon still needs to talk with Nick about that now that he has absolute power in the Discord channel. Nickel is a god. You can just call me Overlord. I was going to call you Arceus, but sure. That is a that is a harem anime. Overlord is. It, it, is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick is like, well, excuse me for a second. I need the AFK and start Googling. I'm sorry, Bing. Uh, <sighs> Len, you play Torchlight 2. You've been enjoying it, but you're trying to control yourself. Uh, Nick. Hi. Speaking of games that uh, you've been trying to limit and control yourself from, what games have you been playing this week? Um. Oh, you know, just... Playing a little bit of Valorant because for whatever reason I just really haven't been gaming much. I uh, played a little bit of Valorant. That's going fine. Um, no ranked has come out from the official release yet. Don't know when that's coming. But uh, beyond that, touched on some team fight tactics a little bit. Uh, there was a new season, I believe, and yep. there's a whole bunch of new heroes that I don't understand. And I placed third in a game. Uh, one of those, like I played maybe three or four. And for the longest time, I was right at the top, but I get. I kept getting like really shitty like heroes so I can really push forward than that and I had like four bronze whatever I really like the star guardians right now uh they like there's the one I can't I think her name was uh uh Sora or Soraka 
Soraka, yes. Uh, with the green hair where she heals. And I'm like, yeah. that's, I like that. Let's Zarkadia have you. Soraka, yeah. Yes. And she's mystic, so. Mystic um, is really ooh, strong, ooh. too. And. Her and Karma. There, there's a bunch yeah. of new people, and I got. Uh, Victor, who was pretty yep. fucking badass. Oh, he's busted, oh, dude. Oh, shit. Battlecast Sorcerer? TFT now? Yeah, he would, he's he a battlecast like, sorcerer. He is. There's battlecast now. If yeah, you get a three star Cho'gath now. If you get a three, I'm sorry to cut you off. If you get a three star Victor in a battlecast comp with Sorks, and he has like a Rabadons and something else, he can deal 140 percent of an enemy's uh, health with one ult. So Oof. I watched an episode. I watched the a thing of TF uh, before when it was still PTB and T uh, disguised toast literally killed uh, everybody but a uh, one unit on another guy's level 9 comp with one victor ult because he had the uh, magic item mana item so he ulted immediately and it was just ult everybody but that one guy in the back line is dead and he destroyed it was fucking insane he dealt like a hundred thousand damage it was anyway sorry right no no wow, you're good uh, Jin was a crazy with uh once he gets to level three yeah, like there's a but. bunch of new types, I guess, and new heroes. Astro. So, uh, Astro, I think they're pushing for Mystic. I think Mystic's new. Is Mystic new? No. No? Okay, no. then I just have to Battlecast. Uh, and something else like They added that. new Chrono units, like Kale is really strong. She's a Chrono Blade Master. Okay. I, because I really yeah, like I Chrono. Like I, I was constantly going for Chrono Bills before like mm. I stopped right. playing. Yeah. It's easy and strong. I was freakishly yeah. annoyed when I first played with you, and I'm like, oh, he's going for Chrono with Blitzcrank and Caitlyn. It's like, whoa, he's fucking winning. What the oh, yeah. fuck? Yeah, because... What the yeah. fuck? That's because not when the you... meta. How dare you? <laughs> because I'm the like, meta. I'm like, because even, like I've said this before, even with Pokemon, I like to hit hard and fast. And so when I saw Chrono, I was like, oh, you keep stacking them, you'll get buffed your attack speed every yep. four seconds. Every and four Blade seconds. And procs more often when you when hit you... more quickly. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, yes, please give me that. Sure, it might not be the strongest, but I had fun with it seeing like my Caitlyn just like go I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take it. Sure. You need to run Kale now. I think you'll love her. She's so strong. Yeah, I was just experimenting with a few things. I didn't really dip into Chrono again, but it was fun. The one thing I will note for you guys playing TFT is that they did add more champions than they removed, so it's actually harder to three star any champions right now. That must be why, because I saw a whole bunch of like new people. Um, and also, mm. the health is now 85 instead of 100. And they added a bunch All of the things. All the time? Yeah, it's... No, I you, went, played in, you played in a little Guardians galaxy. I went, into, I went into unranked... Uh, yeah, no, every... It has a 50% chance to be a random galaxy, which would be Nikoverse, uh, Mystic Armory, uh, Big Legends. Little Legends starts at 85 health. But the chances of Nick, if that's true, which I'm sure it is, the chances of Nick landing into a random galaxy twice that was the same one that have reduced health, though? That seems a bit weird. It's possible. I don't think they reduce the health for everybody all the time. I've been playing every day. <laughs> um, okay, strange. Great. I didn't even know that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I still don't know the item combinations and things like that, but I'm having fun with it for whatever it's worth. I think just inherently... When it gets sweaty, I think you definitely do need to know what you're doing. But me, I just like anytime I've played now, I'm just like, I just want to kill some time. I'll jump in there for whatever reason. I'm watching something and like I seem to be doing okay, Uh, which is it's like I'm like, I kind of it's I feel like 
I feel like, and this is just me maybe being elitist given all the games, various games I've played, it's just, if you understand that you just have to stack them, like, you'll do okay. If you at least try and stack two of them, you'll, like, be somewhat, somewhat competitive, I think, in terms of, like, staying up there. Um, You're probably Riot's, like, dream child for something like that, because Riot does not really like to do meta, it seems like, most of the times, but when you only... When you can only put, like, a hundred different combinations of something, uh, people are going to, go, you know, run it through, like, fucking Darwin's theory and see which one survives the longest, and then that becomes what everyone uses. Right. The fact that you're able to do well with a combination that is different than what is, you know, the top five is probably thrilling uh, for them to hear. Yeah, and I mean, like, again, I'm only playing unranked, and I'm just have like, I'm not, I don't think I plan to play ranked. I'm just having fun with it, jumping into it. I haven't played enough of it to Me feel neither. that pull to ranked. Um, but, uh, like, I, I feel like I want to maybe try getting into it a little bit more. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's weird. It's just weird that Riot, after, for years of swearing off, uh, MOBAs, uh, I'm still, like, playing two of Riot's games right now. Right. Two out of the three games that they have. Um, and I very strongly, very, very, very briefly strongly considered downloading it on my, my phone because I got a new phone and I'm like, I have the battery life that can support it. And I'm like, let's not do that. You so, motherfucker. Um, but beyond that, um, I have felt the call, the call to action. The, the, call of Duty? the, the pull, the, the, something is pulling at my soul from within the depths of Bellevue, Washington is summoning me and forcing me to rise up and take up arms against the darkness that has now arrived within our solar system. Uh, Destiny 2 this past week had a reveal stream uh, detailing things that are coming out for the next uh, three years. Uh, they basically showed us a brief trailer of what's coming out this fall, because fall in September is usually when their um, um, big DLCs launch. That's like the mark, the, 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 they mark, that's when you mark their calendar for the start of a new year. Um, but they also announced plans for the next three years. So we've got Beyond Light dropping in September. We've got the Witch Queen dropping, um, in 2021 September and 2022. I can't remember what it's called. Um, uh, Black Light, I think it is, or the Fall of Light or something like that. Um, basically, if anybody who's vaguely familiar with the lore of Destiny, to summarize what's happening is we were like, you play as a guardian that's resurrected from this traveler that has visited the earth and given us so many things, but then the traveler has enemies called the darkness with all these different races and like aliens, and they've pushed our shit in, um, and we are resurrected as agents of the traveler, guardians of humanity, simply known as guardians using the power of the light that the traveler gives us. But over the last few years since Destiny 1 came out in 2014, many lore points to the fact that the traveler might not be the good thing that we think it is and the darkness has finally arrived and they've been promising salvation and truth this entire time and for the last like two years of destiny campaign since forsaken came out we've been shown to be teeter like doing like very very like very hazardous tightrope act between the line of light and dark and we are finally getting a dark subclass in the fall a whole new element a whole new subclass called stasis is being introduced for the first time since destiny launched um, well, whether Nick wanted it or not, he stepped back into the game, Destiny, by Bungie. So, so let's I'm, get taken out to their command, one I'm, by one. I'm feeling the tug a little bit just to, like, K 
casually played through right now because I've, we're about to enter into a transition period and Bungie announced a whole bunch of things that PvE-wise at least is worth to be excited for to some extent. Um, so they've announced, like, they're, they're introducing something called the Destiny Content Vault, uh, which is basically they're going to take old shit and tuck it away in the vault and so it's going so the director is now getting a massive overhaul we're losing mars titan io in the in the fall like they're no longer going to be accessible or playable um any like uh like weapons and other quests that are important uh related to them will be accessible via other methods um and there are things that are from destiny that are going to be bought out of the vault including one of the best raids the first ever destiny raid called the vault of glass has a chance of is going to be coming back next year which i'm very fucking excited for because that is one of the best raids in existence is one of my favorite raids of this game it is so good and i can't wait to play i still remember hearing fucking like 2012 2013 i was gonna say is it really better than anything else that they've come out with it is like like they they knock it out of the park with a lot of their raids but for me i think i will admit a lot of it is nostalgia like a big part of it is nostalgia for that first time you go into the six man activity like the first time you go in and you have to like go through all these activities that they put out for you to be defeat atheon the guardian the timekeeper the vex timekeeper who controls the flow of time and you have to constantly go between the past and the future to bring out tools to be able to fight him in your time but like visually, sound, the kind of like puzzles you had to navigate through, it is one of my favorite raids in Destiny, and I'm very excited to be able to play that on PC whenever because that's going to happen next year. So they're looking at like they said, like our game's gotten too big, so we're just going to fucking clean up, get rid of a bunch of things, so that we make the experience a little bit more streamlined and not as like it's nice that you have all these activities, but there's so many to do and so many things, it's just overwhelming, and we want to make it a little bit better for you. So they're going to tell us more as we go along when it comes down to Beyond Light, uh, Beyond Light's release in September, uh, the 22nd of September. But I'm still being cautious because because it's destiny, you know, it's destiny. No game is ever going to have the same feel of gunplay that des- no other game has replicated that feeling. The feeling of shooting your, like, hand cannon, getting those headshots, be it in PvE or PvP, like, no game has ever replicated that feeling for me. And it's hard for me to describe it beyond that, because that's just, it's it's a feeling, just how the game feels, how the gameplay is, um, putting aside all the bullshit, and I'm just, but I'm keeping a wary eye, because, you know, we've been through the cycle before, we're like, hey, you know, we're fixing things, yay, cool, three months in, I'm done, you know, so I'm just gonna take it one step at a time i'm most likely gonna pre-order it because i'm gonna fall for that trap but um i'm willing to give bungie a chance because they're not might not be the best developers but they do care about the communities um like if anybody has been following the social media of any of the people who work at bungie pete parsons the ceo of bungie was out on the streets in seattle uh he was pepper sprayed actually um like they and like they put money and they've started donate like causes and like they they care about community and building things and helping people so beyond like the gameplay beyond what they've bought to us as developers uh, the story the music the art and the people i like i appreciate everything about bungie for that so that's why despite being disappointed and let down and not having fun with the game anymore i will probably play beyond light and that's what i'm gonna say about destiny said it's like animal crossing 
Or I had to do the Animal Crossing version. But that's my speech, Tyler. Everybody's climbing for a speech earlier today. That's the fucking speech. <laughs> Thankfully, the podcast uh, will never know what the fuck just happened there, so we won't talk about that. Uh, but, uh, if you don't mind, I do have one game that I started to uh, play just a little bit more. <sighs> so, let me tell you a tale. March 3rd, 2017. It was an important day in video game history uh, for a multitude of things, but it was one of joy and excitement. The Nintendo Switch had just been released. Breath of the Wild had just been released uh, simultaneously. A lot of people have been fighting. They tried to get themselves together, tried to get themselves a console. It was very tough at the time. And it was probably a tough time of that year, too, because a lot of people weren't happy with the results of uh, the elections and all that stuff. They needed a break. They needed something. And Zelda Breath of the Wild was a vice. A good vice. Uh, it was very exciting. And those months that I proceeded to play Breath of the Wild it was probably one of the happiest times I played a game in a very long time. As a result, uh, during these trying times, I decided to uh, not leap back to like 1997 and play games and you know until I feel better, like uh, many people do when they're stressed out. I decided that I was going to jump back to 2017, March 3rd, once again, and play Breath of the Wild. The problem is, I played, and I know I talked about this last week, I'll go in a little bit more detail here why I'm saying this. I played through Breath of the Wild to full completion five times. Five times. Two of which was on Master Mode. I played a lot of fucking Breath of the Wild. So, what's gonna make it more entertaining this time? Well, last week I did get to talk about a little bit of detail about how I started to introduce a couple of mods. One mod. Two mods. Two mods. Uh, the big mod was uh, playing it on a Wii U emulator meant uh, using the power of the PC, which uh, was able to give it a expansion beyond that of 1080. Which is uh, not even capable, uh, like, on the Switch for the most part. 1080, 60 frames a second kind of stuff. Uh, I believe I had to keep it locked at 30 frames a second for the emulator to work properly, but it was there. You can play it in 4K on the PC. But, you know, I have I have it for the Wii U, thanks to Nick in the chat, and I have it for the Switch. As Nick pointed out last week, uh, well, why not play it? You know, it's called The Legend of Zelda, right? So I fucking played it Zelda, and I had a good time. And, uh, you know, playing through, like, a nice, uh, eight, ten hours of that, where I got to play Zelda running around, chopping up, slapping shit, spanking the asses of Bacoblins and all that stuff, uh, it was good. But, I realized I was getting acclimated to that. I was getting used to playing as Zelda. So, what better way to getting that extra high that you get from playing a modded version of Zelda than by modding more? One mod here, one mod there. The Shrek Hinox mod. Yeah, I get to fight Shrek. Get to hear, uh, somebody you know, once told me the world is all about me. I ain't the sharpest tool. The shed. She was looking kind of down with her finger and her thumb in the shape. I feel like if you have to be American, you have to know that song by heart. Like, I feel like that's on. They don't ask you about the anthem. They're like, all right, that smash mouth. Country roads. <laughs> country roads! Take, Take me, home me home. I was to gonna say, the uh, "Don't stop believing" by Journey. Don't stop. Oh, don't stop believing. believing. Yeah, that's another one. That's, that's another one where if somebody hears it on the radio at a gas station, it's mandatory that you leave the car on while you pump gas and let it blast the station, so everybody may sing in unison as they pump their gas and complain about the gas prices. True story. Uh, so yes, 
Uh, I'm currently uh, sitting at 47 different mods for The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, 47 individual separate impacting mods. And holy shit, uh, I keep finding more and more. There's a couple of times where I tried putting mods in and it broke the game. Not like, uh, oh god, this is OP. This is like, oh shit, my back, it snapped. The game no longer works. Broke the game. And so... Having the, you know, play the fun game of finding which ones work, which ones don't, and, uh, that's been a fucking trial in itself. I have discovered that this game is funny as shit, the mod. Uh, there's so many things where it's like one of those, uh, as Nick, uh, I keep quoting him when I think about this, anytime I introduce a mod and see it in full effect, what do you mean? <laughs> I can fucking fly from one tower to halfway across the fucking continent. Oh, wait, are you quoting me? As, yeah. Oh, yeah, and like, like, bro, what do you mean? Wh what do you mean? Like, what do you mean I can do that? What do you mean there's fucking dark magician girls? Yeah, okay, <laughs> that- fucking wizard okay, groups. okay, okay. That is by far the hands down the best mod. Dark magician girls? What? Fuck yes, please, give me more of those. Don't worry, there's more of those. Uh, like, I know, like- I thought I was thrilled that the concept of uh, playing as Zelda, you know, get the cool hairstyle, got the Breath of the Wild sequel hairstyle, which is, you know, a shorter cropped uh, look, which, you know, fine by me. I like short hair. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, I was excited. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to stick with this armor. I'm going to have to upgrade this one armor set so I don't mess with the hairstyle or anything. But then I discovered there's more mods where each armor can be designed to look like Zelda still in a different, completely different style. The Flamebreaker set. The, mm. the the snow quill set, ooh, yeah, that is my favorite by far. Really, I love it so much. The way her hair is so neatly like tied up into a bun behind, and it's just so it, it's just fucking beautiful. Like she looks like she looks like Elsa. Honestly, she looks like Elsa if Elsa were to get strapped up with armor and go out on a fucking mission to murder shit. Hell yeah! And the fact that not only there were that you know somebody or a group of people were willing to go full-on remake armor and whatnot like i was about to use the example the flame breaker armor glenn have you played breath of the wild to uh, some extent or i know you i have you no got, idea what the flame breaker armor is uh, think of it I as mean, the fire armor you know, fire resistant armor yeah i got uh, i got the first i started talking to the people in the water world that's i did not get very far zora's domain and yep and there is, uh, you can get Zor armor, which makes, looks, honestly, uh, the Zor armor is probably the silliest one for me so far, because you just look like a, you know, I'm a kawaii fish, you, nana. Uh, and, like, it's funny, but, like, Flame Breaker, when you play it in vanilla, makes you look like you're wearing a fucking metal football helmet. You're wearing arm tubes that make you look like a 1980s alien costume, whatnot. It looks fucking bizarre when you wear the full thing. I don't think anybody in their right mind ever bought the fucking football helmet because it looks silly as fuck. Okay, uh, uh, correction, Nick has spent the 2,000 rupees to get the fucking helmet. And I remember, it looking yeah, and I remember yeah. you being very surprised that in one of the uh, dungeons, I just walked right through some fire. I thought I was going to be the smartass doing the same exact thing, not realizing I needed to upgrade the armor one level, the entire thing. And so I'm like, hey guys, watch this. <laughs> What the fuck? I'm on fire. Why? And it's like, oh, I forgot to upgrade it. Yeah, I was very, very surprised when you got that ability to walk through fire because you upgraded the armor. Uh, instead of looking like uh, Marvin the Martian joining the NFL, I now look like I'm wearing <laughs> like something that looks like it belongs on Avatar The Last Airbender as like a firebender kind of thing. Like cool yeah, hood, yeah. full on red set. 
looks very regal and cool as shit. Uh, like, even the Gerudo armor. The Gerudo armor, like, on Link, was probably one of the people's favorite costumes on Link, uh, if you want to call it a costume, which it is, because you only get three defense. Because it's Fem Link. When you got, you know, pretty much. I mean, because, you know, Linkle wasn't enough for that. They, they wanted, you know, just crop, you know. I want you to cross-dress, yeah. You don't need to do the full-on change. That's fine. You know, some, some people have kinks. You know, different levels of stake. Uh, and for Zelda, I was like, okay, this is probably going to look a little weird. No, they did a full-on redo Drudo hairstyle and everything on her. And it looks fucking bomb. Like, I'm mesmerized by that. The, the level of detail they did that. There's a completely different level and spectrum where people, and I think this one's more popular, where you play as Linkle, which is... Basically, Nintendo's version of Rule 63-ing Link, uh, the play as a female version of Link, and it's been canonized in games. And so, that's another completely weird field. I've discovered, like, how much I appreciate getting five times durability and weapons, because weapons breaking sucks ass. The idea that I can climb a little bit faster now because of a mod that uses less stamina and whatnot, that I can, you know, go a little bit faster, is great. Or you I have can a fly fucking a jet further. engine. I have a jet engine, apparently, that's metaphorically attached to my, uh, what do you call that thing? The thing that you grab? The sailcloth, I guess? A paraglider. So, that if is, you'd, from that yeah. cliff, if you'd used, uh, Rivali's Gale, and you had a stamina buff, I think you would have hit it. Oh, making it all the way there in one shot to that I great think fairy so. place? I could see it. It's just bizarre, like, honestly, I know I'm pushing past the limits to where it feels like it's cheating at this point, but, like, if there was a halfway point with some of the stuff that uh, Nintendo has, what Nintendo could do with you know, the mod, I think it would be solid improvements on the game that I think they didn't do because they wanted the world to seem larger. Because the world is fucking large, but yeah. if they give you the ability to travel it like physically versus just teleporting around, it would lose the magic really fucking quickly. Like, being able to jump from... I, I remember times where, you know, you jump off of one of the mountains, and it... it take you a solid 45 seconds before you ran out of stamina, but you wouldn't quite make it all the way back to Hatino Village or something like that. But in this one, like, we, there was a joke. Shoot. I did a tower. I saw Rito Village that was super far away, and I was able to go so fast and far that I did a fucking victory lap around the damn city before I and landed still back down. It's to spare, like, just a little bit. And, you know, some people, myself included, you know, back maybe, like, eight, ten years ago, it's like, you can't mod or master do any glitches in Zelda. Zelda's pure. It's whole. Don't mess with Zelda. You know, it's, you know, it's like, well, I'm sorry, but Nintendo doesn't get everything right. We're looking at the network system for Splatoon 2, for example. There's <laughs> some things that you can mess around with. Taking out Cass and saying Cass, you know, this bird that swings an accordion around and tells you tales like a bard, put him on vacation to have Marin from Link's Awakening come in and tell you the stuff. Cool as shit. I'm into it. I've beaten all four Divine Beasts so far. I'm currently trying to gear up to fight a modded-in Lionel, which is apparently going to be an epic boss, and then hopefully with those items, fight a modded version of the final Ganon fight scene, which there is a mod to make him significantly more challenging and difficult. Well, I guess that's synonymous, it's redundant. It's going to be a complex fight compared to what it was before where it's like yeah you should be fine get in a few good hits you're good to go i'm hoping for a real legit challenge to make it feel like beating breath of the wild is going to be just as fun as playing it and so i'm excited for that 
I know I just ran uh, rambled on for 15 minutes and all that stuff. I, I mean, I could list off all the stupid stuff, but I mean, there's a couple of them. Like Nick commented about the brighter lights, darker nights mod, where uh, when it's nighttime, it's legit Oof. dark in the game. That that like one you, area you were flying over, and it's like there's a canopy of rocks, and underneath was like all enemies and shit. But then because it was so dark, it looked like you had like very very bad dark vision, where you could only just barely see outlines of these craggy rocks. Oh, that shit yeah. was terrifying. That looked like something out of um, uh, what was it called? Pitch Black or Riddick? Like that's what it kind of oh, looked I like. I thought you were gonna say like Slenderman or something. No, 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 no. How about a fucking mod that put in music where there was nothing? That's nice. Uh, changing out music, uh, people have started getting kicked. like, hey, like, uh, I believe it was Mystic pointed out that, uh, the overworld theme was apparently something from Mass Effect or some shit like right. that. It's like, uh, or Hatino Village, uh, has the, uh, chill theme from Persona 5. Interesting. The, the fucking Halo theme played when you first pull out the Master Sword. Oh, Just I'm hearing that, oh, as you're pulling that sucker out. Um, you that said, was dramatic. You said Persona, and then just this just reminded me from the PC Gamer Showcase. Persona 4 Gold Edition is on Steam. So if any Persona fans are interested, you can play that on Steam. Just Oh. Yeah, like it's out right now on Steam. Another reason for me to never break the glass in the wall. Uh, Sith lightsabers. I got a fucking weapon that is a guardian sword that looks like a lightsaber complete with sound effects, and when you toss it, it comes back like a boomerang. That's <laughs> another fun one. Fast swimming. Invisible quivers, so you don't see the quivers. Oh, it's not. It's nice, man. Uh, fucking like uh, the golden master sword was another favorite of mine personally. Having the master sword be completely golden, especially when it's in lit form, mm, so nice. And uh, it feels I'm, like a fresh I, game, I, even to watch it with the mods. It just feels like a brand new game. Even just like a reskin on the animals to make them look normal, like uh, the. Normally in the game, the goats are like fucking like blue purple or something like that. I just had a mod that changed it to brown, just because it made it more normal. <laughs> like it was weird. I uh, having, I mean, fish are a little bit different because I made them all into cheap cheeps from Mario. But whatever, we're gonna ignore that little detail. But yeah, like it as Nick said, just said, it feels like a completely new game because it's like stupid shit's happening. And you know, I'm sure there's gonna be some people out there. I've had people in the chat like, whoa, you corrupted Zelda. And it's like, yeah, I did it, whatever, fuck you. <laughs> Pretty much it's like, I did it. Sure. Uh I played through this game enough times. I got enough accolades on my Switch that I can show you that I've played so much fucking time in this. Chill the fuck out. I'm having a good time with it, and I'm able to do stupid shit. Glenn, what are your thoughts? Uh I like Rain. mods. Oh. I think they're good. I uh literally within two hours of playing Torchlight 2 downloaded a quality of life mod pack from the steam workshop that gave me 82 mods just straight up slapped onto torchlight too and it's it made a huge difference so i could see how that would be a good thing especially if it gives you know some vitality and some freshness to something that felt like it had lost its luster because you had spent so much time with it oh yeah that's awesome i'm like i'm mad at that bright lights dark night thing because i even though it's realistically dark and it means I have to, like, go to sleep to make it daytime to travel anywhere. I found the lantern, by the way. Uh, the lantern does light stuff up, but it's like you have 10 feet of vis visibility around you as you're trying to traverse a mountain. Still scary shit. When uh, you just hear a sound and all of a sudden creeping from the darkness is one of those skeletal lizafos or some shit 
just suddenly appearing in front of you like whoa shoot okay imagine imagine if somebody went the extra mile and turned them into skeletal charizards shit do you imagine that creeping out of the fucking darkness you let me fade in the nuzlocke tyler uh, I, there's one mod that I'm tempted to activate once I, uh, defeat the Epic Lionel, and I think it's, I don't remember what it's called specifically, but it gives a Lionel a, uh, I think like a 30 times recognition range to where you, you might not even have him loaded on the map, but a Lionel will see you from across the map and head towards you. And so you're just minding your business, and a Lionel from, like, let's say you're in the Drudo uh, Valley, a Lionel was up in the fucking mountains, will see you, despite being completely on the other side of the map, and will start heading towards you and attacking you. And so it's basically like Lionels being tax collectors, hunting you down. Sounds terrifying. Like, Lionels in any situation is already scary. Like, if you leave a Lionel alone, they typically leave you alone. If they're annoyed at you, uh, they'll, you know, fucking shoot an arrow at you, but otherwise you just walk away, they leave your business. But if they abandon their territory and come after you from halfway across the map, and you suddenly you just start hearing fucking music, you're like, what the fuck? And all of a sudden you see two fucking Lionels barreling down the fucking desert towards you, like, dude, I just wanted to do the shrine, fuck you! (laughs) It sounds horrifying, but funny. But I want to do that after I, you know, defeat the one Lionel that's going to give me so much trouble to see what happens. But I think that, and uh, I haven't seen a mod for it where it's a similar thing for Guardians. Where if you're just sitting there on the Great Plateau and a Guardian near Hyrule Castle will see you and start heading towards you. That sounds scary as shit. And also hilarious. But still, that sounds scary as shit. Uh, you just see it like, you just see, doot, doot, and this thing is just charging. Like, where the fuck? What the? Why is it heading towards me? You're just like. A fucking uh, Mel Gibson or uh, Monty Python, where it's like somebody is charging towards you, and it's like the fuck. Replace all guardians with Thomas the Tank Engine. Do it. I can't. I tried doing it, but the Thomas the Tank Engine mod crashed the thing. That's like it's the one mod that killed it. Yeah, I was very upset. Where Ganon, the big Ganon voice. Imagine that's the fucking music of your fighting guard. It just sounds like you've done like a like a a donkey level ad- addition to all of the different skins like in the Skyrim Ultimate Skyrim video that he did. Oh my God, it's Skyrim here to save us! <laughs> I love his. I videos. mean, if I could make requests, if there's any modders out there, I want a fucking mod where it just puts the final version of Ganon in his final form, just roaming across Hyrule Field. Just let him sit there and do his thing. I don't care. Like. Eh. It'd be like uh, one, of the gir- one of the giraffes from Horizon Zero Dawn just chilling, walking around. He's just walking around shooting lasers and blowing shit up. Just, sure. I mean, I'll never go there, but it'd be funny <laughs> just to see him walking around saying, Hey, what's up, bitches? I fucked your moms on top of your dads. Make a, make a mini make a mini beast li- uh, Ganon as a sub-boss and have them roam around randomly. There's... There's also a lot of mods that focus around the Zero Cycle, which is the item that you get from completing the final DLC. I'm sure everybody has seen it before, the motorcycle. There's a option to get yourself that immediately, like a, a cheat, essentially. But I don't know if I want to do that or if I want to earn it properly by doing the DLC and the completion. I think I know the answer in my head what I want to do for it, but... Everything in this game so far, if I gotten something that's stupid or OP, I pretty much have earned it. Uh, so um, I think I want to continue that route just to make myself feel a little bit better. But yeah, want to mess around and fuck with this game. But yeah, that's 
that's all that I've been playing this week is Breath of the Wild modded nice. pretty much. Just fuck, I can't wait until they give more news about the sequel, you know? Imagine that they just dropped trailer. that on us this year. Oh my god. Just thinking about that. We are in E3 season, to... and people have been putting on their own shows. So if Nintendo comes out with an unannounced Nintendo Direct, and like, oh, by the way, Breath of the Wild 2 coming out this November, I think a lot of people would be very happy. Like, it would make sense if they waited till like, two days after fucking the Pokemon uh, DLC came out, and everybody hates it, and they're like, oh, shit, well, let's pull out the big guns, and they just drop drapes that shows, like, new cover art and oh, shit. Oh, also, Origami King is, uh, whatever the name of that uh, Paper Mario game is. Paper it's Mario? Origami King, right? Yes, uh, I think it's called the Origami King. Yeah, that's <sighs> out now, you got, you know, we goodwill, like, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, that sounds so good. Like, for me, the sequel to The Breath of the Wild or Paper Mario the Origami King, I, you might as well be, like, dropping it as a trifold from Playboy at this point when you show it to me, like, oh, yeah, tell me about it, give me some details, baby. It, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's the way I am about it. It, just like, ooh. Anyways, yeah, that's been pretty much it. And, uh, we're actually getting long in the tooth, uh, just warning about video games and stuff, and as well as, uh, bunch of shit that's happened also i trash talk a little bit of where credit player one we'll ignore that and i'll hopefully give you a nice movie review next week once i complete the book you know what glenn you've done great so far if you could sit there and enjoy yourself while i have nick do the game releases um all right starting june 16th coming out on ps4 xbox one and pc is desperados 3 this is a uh, real-time tactics game set in a ruthless Wild, wi- wild West scenario. Um, it looks interesting, but the Wild West type of games have not been my thing. But if these are your things, Desperado 3 is coming out this 16th. Next on the list is Disintegration. Also June 16th, PS4, Xbox One, PC. Uh, disintegration. Wait, that's how you say it? Disintegration, yeah. Oh, you said Disintegration. I'm like, whoa, fuck, another word that I had. Disintegrate. Uh, or disintegration like just yeah, the way I mean, you put it's a michigan thing where the t in the middle of the word is pronounced as a d so just hearing it as a hard t just threw me off that's my bad i'm no, sorry no no you're good like i do the same i enunciate my the letters sometimes more than they are normally or like i say wednesday but most people say wednesday but right. i like saying wednesday because that's how it's spelled uh anyways disintegration because of that that i didn't know how to spell wednesday for a longest time <laughs> I mean, it like, it's just that's what, anyways. Disintegration is a sci-fi FPS combined with RTS elements. Pilot a heavily weaponized grav cycle while commanding your troops on the ground as you battle through a thrilling single player campaign and in frenetic PvP multiplayer. Um, so far from just like doing a quick Google search, uh, it seems like people are excited by this game, at least the reviewers are. How that will hold up, only Twitch will tell. Um, <laughs> So sad. Moving on. Uh, Summer in Mara. June 16th as well. PC and Nintendo Switch. Uh, Summer in Mara is a single player experience in a calm, relaxing environment with a handmade look and an exciting narrative. Uh, this looks like a cute little, um, cute little, like, um, exploration RPG kind of game. The art style is really cool. This looks more aimed towards, uh, kids maybe, but I really like the art style. Looks, Looks cute as shit. Uh, Twenty-two and a half dollars, twenty-two forty-nine right now. It's on sale. Uh, it's on sale even though it's not eligible for release for another few days. Interesting. Um, and then moving on from that, uh, we've got quite a list actually this week. Uh, Waking. Yeah, we do. June eighteenth for PC and Xbox One. And this, looking at it, has me a little interested. 
Uh, Waking is a third-person action and guided meditation game. It's an emotional adventure through your dying mind. Battle the forces of oblivion, conjure the memories of loved ones, and join them in the fight for your life. It sounds <laughs> sad as shit, and I want to play it and cry. Sounds like something akin to like Journey or something. It does. It just seems to have more, um, more like hot elements to it, more action elements to it uh, from these uh, screenshots in this quick video I'm watching. But interesting cool. concept for sure. Um, the the guided med- meditation part caught me. It's just like it's it's interesting. This is this would maybe fall under games as art category for me. We'll have to see how, right. how that is. And also interesting, you said Journey. Journey is now out on Steam. Also, if anybody's not played that game, I think I might pick it up because I've heard so many good things about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, then we've got Burnout Paradise Remastered coming out June 19th for the Nintendo Switch. Hell yeah. Um, I haven't played Burnout Paradise, but I have played Burnout Revenge Takedown 3. Uh, Burnout Revenge and Burnout Takedown 3, and those are some of my favorite racing games because they're just so visceral. And, like, you could crash cars and you were rewarded for crashing cars. Oh, yeah. Burnout Paradise is uh, the same thing. They like they go into a dedication of detail the moment you crash. Like they make it look like an art. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how the fuck it's gonna play in the Nintendo Switch though, because like that game is detailed. Like it is glamorous with how it looks. So the idea that it's gonna translate onto the Nintendo Switch is I'm curious. You know, I mean, we've seen games like Witcher and whatnot play pretty damn well on Switch. So we'll see what happens. I I think we're still like there's still developers who are testing over old games and maybe figuring out um, either their future as developers on putting out games for the Switch or seeing if there's ways that they can make the technology work for them in terms of making the algorithms uh, more efficient, like for the textures and things like that. So I think their developers are still playing around and also until we get like an updated graphical version of the Switch, which I don't think we'll still get for maybe until next year, I feel like, but I'm talking out my ass at this point because we just did get the yeah, Switch Lite. Yeah, like, I'm talking out of my ass, so maybe next year or 2022, but whenever the next Switch comes, I think developers are just kind of, like, making do with what they have right now and seeing the ports. It's exciting. Whether or not they get sales, I think they're just trying to test things. But uh, that's just what my take on that is. Uh, moving on from that, Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Isle of Armor. This is the first DLC about? in the expansion pass for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, introducing, I think, two new areas and a whole, one new area and a whole new wild area with, uh, uh, two gyms, I believe, and a whole bunch of, exp- like, a few new Pokemon, like, new to the Pokedex, and then expanding the current existing national decks to allow more Pokemon into the game. That comes out June 17th on the Nintendo Switch. The second part of that expansion pass, the second DLC, I think, I can't remember what it's called, but that comes out later this year in the fall. Um, and then finally, the big one. The Last of Us Part 2, June 19th for the PlayStation 4. Reviews are out. The one that will end my marriage. Reviews are out. Um, And I saw a thread about how specific the NDA regarding the reviews were. Because people were not allowed to talk about certain game mechanics or certain types of things. Because Naughty Dog is worried about spoilers and trying to protect the fans from getting the story spoiled even more so. The ones who did survive the initial release. Um, So the reviews are not fully fledged yet. Um, But people have been enjoying it. Like it's received pretty good review scores. But then also remember, don't be an asshole. Don't spoil the story. People are very excited for this. But The Last of Us Part 2 comes out June 19th on the PS4. I've heard a lot of streamers who are going to play this in emote only mode. 
on Twitch at least, because people out there are going to be dicks and going to come into chat just to be like, haha, this is how it ends. I do not know anything about the story, so I'm, I can't even give you an example of what that might be like. But, uh, that is right. it for game releases. Good deal. Glenn, I do want to have you included in this. Would you be a dear and, uh, help us wish happy birthdays to a couple of games? I would love to do that. Uh, this day of gaming, uh, the day of the release, which is June 15th, we have uh, Dead Cells on Steam and Linux, which was released in 2018, so happy second birthday. Uh, that was the early access release for it. Um, happy birthday to Dead Cells. Happy birthday, um, two years old. I don't know any of these games. <laughs> uh, and oh, then damn. we have Welcome to the Game, which was released on PC in 2015. So, for so those who don't know... Yeah, what's up? No, you're fine. I was gonna say this is a uh, a horror game uh, specifically, where uh, you basically uh, you are in a house trying to uh, scout through your computer uh, through certain websites and whatnot to try to uh, find certain hidden messages to unlock keys. And once you collect all those, uh, a la Slenderman style, you you know beat the game. Uh, problem with that though is you're in a house that's fully interactable with uh, other people who uh, wish you dead and so just in a game that has absolutely no music or whatnot and occasionally like somebody will walk down your sidewalk and try to you know sneak in through the window and kill you and you gotta be hidden when you you know hear like a, a trigger alarm or something because you installed like maybe like a motion detector or whatnot uh, it was a very frightening game for something that requires so much concentration on both what you're trying to look for and things you're hearing in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been trying to tell myself to play Welcome to the Game 2, but it's so mind-wracking and, like, your heart is pounding the entire time because almost Five Nights at Freddy's style, you got to constantly, like, you know, get off the computer and check your left. Listen, uh, there was a siren. Was it one siren or two sirens? Does that mean the cops are coming? Should I hide in my bathroom? Oh shit, was that a door unlocking? That, that kind of stuff. Like, constantly guessing. And the moment you say, nah, it's fine, that's when you die and you lose the entirety of like two and a half hours of progress. That's fucked, you know? Scary. Yeah, it is. Um, and then the last thing, which I assume you guys will have a better idea about, is Mega Man Battle Network 2, which came out on the Game Boy Advance in 2002. So it is 18 years old. Hell yeah. Uh, I, Mega Man Battle Network is a kind of like an offshoot, if you will, of uh, the original like Mega Man style games where it's a run and gun style. Uh, this one was for a different uh, type of uh, gameplay. Uh, I, there's a lot. I mean, it's, I have not played it, so I can't really say what it is specifically. But I because shocker, much like Sonic, I'm not a Mega Man fan. Uh, game, but uh, at the same time, uh, there is a audience that really, really appreciated this game. Uh, as Brandon's suggesting, it's a card game plus chess. Like it's, oh. I believe it was turn-based and all that versus like flat-out shooting stuff down. Hmm. Oh yeah, uh, happy eighteenth cool. birthday, 18th you birthday. said. Yeah, two thousand two. Yeah. Um, and this would be a note. I don't know why I didn't bring it up earlier. Uh, I think maybe we should talk about it next week. But the uh, the actual design release for the PlayStation 5 happened this week. So obviously we can't talk, talk about it because we don't have enough time. But I think it'd be interesting to get a on a scale of 1 to 10 how you felt the design was with maybe a sentence or two about why. 
Let the uh, let the battle begin between a router and the fridge. <laughs> the router and the mini fridge. <laughs> I've seen a lot of anime anime hentai. I approve of, of all PS5? of it. Of the PS5? Yes. Yugi. Len, you... You're a, you're I'm a, so a confused. you're a second rate duelist with a third rate deck. How could you possibly h- uh, hope to beat my blue eyes white dragon card? It's time to duel. By God, he's having a stroke. Uh, that's still my favorite joke. Fucking just I give it a nine for what it's worth. Nine out of ten. I'm gonna post this for reference to what to what straight out of portal about. <laughs> okay that's great anyways uh yeah look we're gonna wrap this show it's getting a little bit long in the tooth you can find me on twitter at two times tyler you can also find me whenever i'm playing breath of the wild modded uh right here on twitch.tv forward slash casual master quest uh where we do the shows and all that good stuff and uh, in the off time we play video games but nick where can we find you you can find me on Twitch and Instagram at LR11 and also on Twitter at LRThe11thAll Letters. Glenn, where could people contact you if they need it? Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Glenn Houston. Uh, it's Glenn with two N's. Houston looks like Huston. And then uh, if you want to come watch me play mostly Animal Crossing, but hopefully a little more of a variety of games, including actually getting through a playthrough of Breath of the Wild. Uh, I'm on Twitch at uh, Razeth, and that's R-A-E-Z-E-T-H. Nice. And you can find the show on Twitter at CMQ Network. Uh, you can also email us at casualmasterquest at gmail.com. But uh, just know that unless it's actually interesting, it's probably going to go straight into the spam. But, Oof. hey, su- surprise us. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, you can search for us anywhere you can Google at Casual Master Quest. We do have a Discord. Just uh, go ahead and search for us on Twitter, and we have a fancy, very nice link that I believe Nick has updated a little bit, and uh, that'll get you straight to the good stuff. And lastly, we do have a D&D podcast called Casual Quest Masters, where we are uh, currently amidst a vicious struggle with handling the uh, the fight with Cryovane, a adult white dragon threatening the complete region from complete icy desolation. We'll see, though, what happens. Anyways, that was Nick. That was Glenn. This is Tyler. Nick is smirking because he knows some truths. And that's going to be it for episode 103. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you guys have yourselves a great week. But don't forget to never stop the grind. Till next time, guys. intro to the podcast titled casual master quest was paid for and produced by the wonderful talent revelries music you can find more of their work at soundcloud.com forward slash revelries music or just click on the link in the show descriptions the background music is the album top 50 best classical piano music by brilliant classics you can find out more about creative commons at www.creativecommons.org forward slash license forward slash buy forward slash 4.0.